0: take your Bibles if you have them and turn to the book of 1st John chapter 5 and it's written there in your order of worship we're going to read the whole chapter verses 1 through 21 um, we actually went through the whole book of 1st John uh, uh, in this uh, last year when when I've been up here doing the uh, Exhortation and so um, let's read that together. First uh, John, Chapter Five. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves who has ever been born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes Jesus is the Son of God? This is he who came by water and blood. Jesus Christ, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies. Because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that He has borne concerning His Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe, God... Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God is born concerning his Son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and this is the confidence we have towards him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask we know that we have the request that we ask of him if anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death he shall ask and God will give him life to those who commit sins that do not lead to death. There is sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are for God. And the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true, in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God in eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Let's pray. Dear God, we ask now that you would give us understanding of your word, that we might hide it in our hearts and not sin against you, that we might have life and life abundantly. We pray this for your glory. In Jesus' name, by the power of the Spirit, amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, maybe you're like Renan and I, we like to watch. Uh, to- like, you know, in some circles you can't even admit this, but, you know, PCA and, Reform circles were pretty freed up. Uh, we like to watch some shows on TV, you know, like Netflix or whatever, whatever you know is going around, whatever the cool kids are watching. Um, and sometimes, you know, you watch a show and you have to wait a whole year for the next season. And so by the time it starts, you have to get a little recap to understand where you were. And so you're, you go to the recap and you go, "Oh yeah, I forgot about that." Well, we're kind of gonna. So, so it's been a little while since we looked at First John. Um, so, just a real quick recap: um, what we've been told about First John is that what what John what the situation uh, that was taking place at the church that this letter was written to. This was a letter to be read in public, um, n- not necessarily something that's to be dissected minutely, like we do in church all the time. Um, which is a, is a good process. I mean, a good uh, exercise, and it's very beneficial to understand the words and the context and the meaning and the grammar. But we have to f- uh, understand. At first, it was just a letter to be read, and so the people would take it in as they as they they read the whole thing at once. And uh, Paul, uh, excuse me, John was writing. The elder John, who is uh, the disciple whom Jesus loved. That's what uh, Christian church has agreed upon since for, for, for thousands of years that he is the author of this book. He is the one who laid on Jesus' breast. He's the one who wrote the Gospel of John. He's also the one who wrote the book of Revelation. All right, This John is writing to a group of believers who suffered a schism. Now, uh, there were people that were in the church that, uh, for whatever reason, uh, fell into temptation of the devil, And started teaching something contrary to what the apostles taught. And so John is writing to them and telling them, no, this is the gospel. Not what those so-called teachers, so-called apostles are telling you. But this is the true gospel because I received it from Jesus. I saw Him. I handled Him. I heard Him. This is the message from the beginning." And so he's telling these people to encourage them. Don't be bummed out. Don't be scared. Okay, this message speaks to us. We lost our pastor. Runs. You know, Uh, uh, we had a good thing going on for a number of years. Uh, It was. It was. We had. We grew together. We uh, were frustrated together. You know, we laughed together. We cried together. Uh, It. It's. It speaks to us today. And it also speaks to us today, like what we were just talking about with the Russians. Like. John is saying, we don't need to be afraid of the Russkies. <laughs> right? And and the Rus- Russians don't need to be afraid of us. You know, uh, that was, I, I visited Russia. Uh, actually, I visited the former Soviet Union uh, before the fall, right before the collapse. And they were, like, they were cool. Like, you know, just, actually, I was in the Ukraine. Um, you know, and they didn't want a war either. They're like, hey, we don't want war. we're like, we don't want war either. You know, we're all afraid of each other. Uh, that's for free. But, uh, um. It speaks to us today because, not because pie in the sky, but because Jesus is king. Right? Jesus is the true king. The kingdom of man and the kingdom of man, you're going to have wars and rumors and wars, earthquakes in various places, famines, you know, hardship. Uh, That's what the kingdom of man does. You know, you look back the the, the, history, if you look back in the Old Testament, you see immediately after the fall, Cain and Abel are born. Immediately what happens? Eve thinks uh, uh, she has a child, a son, and she's thinking, oh great, this is going to be the one who's going to crush Satan's head and names him Cain. What does Cain do? Kills Abel. So immediately we see the strife that's in the kingdom of man. and, And it continues, but King Jesus has come and he rules and reigns. And so John is saying, believe in this Jesus. Mama, can because you give me? Mama, can you give me? He is true God and true man. He is God come in the flesh. Uh, meaning that God himself came down and clothed himself in our flesh. It didn't he didn't appear to be flesh, he really was flesh so he could truly redeem us and truly heal us. All right? And so we began at verse 4. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that o- has—excuse oh, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. John is telling us to take heart. Jesus has overcome the world. He tells us, and. John wrote in in John 16.33, the Gospel of John 16.33, he wrote these words that are familiar. He says here, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Peace is in a person, it's in Jesus. We trust in God, have faith. We overcome the world because Jesus is overcome the world, so we don't, you know, we, we can take heart in that. And the Testament, the Old Testament is that when people had faith in God, they did something. Right? Ammon had faith in God, so what did they do? They had more kids. And then Seth was born, right? Noah had faith in God, and what did he do? He, he built an ark, right? Uh, David had faith in uh, God, and, and he did, uh, well, he killed Goliath, right? And he did many other great things. Uh, and my point is that, is that, as believers, we have faith in God, and so we continue to carry on and trust God and not be fearful and and stop living right we're to carry on what God has for us and that's to live as believers to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves. and then uh, John reminds us uh, about who Jesus is and those who have Jesus have life verse 6 verses uh, 6 through uh, 12 here this is he who came by water and the blood. So he's he's telling us who this Jesus is, all right? There's many Jesuses. Like uh, you know, in the 60s there was there uh, you know, cosmic Jesuses. just all kinds of. There's different Jesuses of different religions, right? Even in America, there's American religions that have a different Jesus. John's reminding us of who the true Jesus is. This is he who came by water and and blood. Jesus Christ. And so by this time this is written uh, years after the Gospel of John, years after Jesus was here on earth, he, this the term Jesus Christ has become a term of divinity right It's not just literally Jesus the Messiah. It, 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 it has come to mean that that God has come in the flesh as the Messiah to redeem his people right uh, the conquering hero that uh, the Messiah is to be and who is. Jesus Christ, not by the water, only, but by the blood, the water, and the blood, and the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify: the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree. If we receive the testimony of man, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that He is born, concerning His Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe, God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God is born concerning his son and this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life is in his son whoever has the son has life whoever does not have the son does not have life alright so he's speaking to this body of believers and he's addressing a heresy that we don't know exactly what it was but you can kinda ascertain by what he is Teaching them about who Jesus is, that the teachers were teaching something wrong about Christ. Either that He didn't come in the flesh, all right, that He only appeared to come in the flesh, or, or you know, that He's not God, all right. And it, and it's most likely that they had a tr- they had a problem with the flesh that God would appear in the flesh. Uh, they really didn't have a problem with uh, Jesus becoming Jesus as God. Today, that's a bigger issue. People say, oh, how could he be God? He's not God. He's just the son of, you know, he's just, he was a a good moral man. But at that time, they had more of a problem that God clothing himself in humanity, in literal flesh. All right, here, this is kind of cryptic here or uh, hard to understand when he says here, Jesus uh, Christ, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And so what that means is that at the two terminal points of Jesus' ministry, the first was his baptism, and the last was his crucifixion. He was baptized by water, and that's where the Spirit descended upon him. And God the Father audibly said, "This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him." That was the beginning of the Spirit when He, excuse me, His ministry when He was anointed. So that's His coming by the water, and by the blood it means His crucifixion, where His work was accomplished. All right. So he came, the Spirit descended upon him, his ministry began, he, he came in the flesh, and he died. All right. So it's important, it's emphasized here that he died, that he came by the blood. All right. Not by the water only, but he came in the water and the blood, meaning he truly died. He, he was flesh in the flesh He was crucified for us. And then John adds here, um, And and the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the water, excuse me, um, there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. If we receive the testimony, men, the testimony of God is greater alright so the testimony of man is that they witnessed his, his ministry on earth alright so we have testimony of man Spirit, and then we have the testimony of the spirit of God also saying this is true this is true and that's the testimony as believers the spirit fills us and we believe that that's true the testimony of God is greater that's why we believe all right, you can. Uh, there, there. You know, there are historical. There are historical facts that Jesus lived and died. That he came. Right. Uh, uh, Pliny the Younger writes a letter to Trajan between him and Trajan, Emperor Trajan, the man who sacked Jerusalem, and he asks about Christians, and they knew who he, they knew. Like there's this Jesus that they pray to as a god. You know so so there's historical evidence that jesus exists in in spite of what many people say on YouTube that there's no history evidence that jesus ever lived that's that's absolutely nonsense, not to mention that we have this right here that is historical factual evidence for the existence of of Jesus you know uh, uh, but even that it takes a spirit for us to truly believe and make us born again so that we true. That, that we believe it and that uh, the salvation that Jesus merited is now ours. And that's why he says, um, If we receive a testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is a testimony of God that He is born concerning His Son. Whoever believes in the Son has the testimony in Himself. Whoever does not believe God has made Him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony that God has born concerning His Son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. Uh, sometimes in life things are not black and white. This is pretty. Bl- this is this is black and white. You either have the Son or you don't have the Son. And it's the spirit of God that bears witness to us that when we hear the gospel, we say, "That's true. I believe that." Like, like, uh, uh, I, I, came from a Christian tradition where testimonies were very popular. You know, people would give their Christian, and it's not like we he, still been. in our tradition they give testimonies too, just um, maybe not as much. And uh, but I like my testimony. This is not about me, but I'm just sharing at this moment it is about me but uh, uh, my testimony was that I heard the word and I believed it I, I can describe it in no other way like why on earth would I believe that I, I remember going that's true whereas like no one else in my family had the same Testimony. They didn't go. Yeah, Jesus came. It's the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. And like everything around me, encouraged me not to believe it. My friends, my rock and roll, my culture, encouraged me. But yet that and that's your testimony too. You know. And and some of us are blessed with Christian family, and they enc- and that's huge blessing. But your testimony is going to be the same. I heard the gospel and I believed it. And that's what he's reminding you. That it's a spirit in you. And that you're believers because you believe the message. So he says verse 13 here. Why he wrote these things. And he also says in the gospel of John why he wrote it. So that you might believe and have eternal life. Verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request we ask of Him. You can know you have eternal life. Uh, Because your faith is in Jesus, not in your life. Right? We sin. We, you know uh, we mess up uh, I, I remember uh, Renan and I when we were late teens early twenties we would go to uh, certain kind of evangelistic meetings all the time you know and so, you know, people were tempted to walk forward all the time at the altar call because they messed up that week right and they'd say I messed up it's like I gotta saved it again it's like no you don't brother you believe in Jesus just confess your sin repent you know, part of repentance is, um, yes, you 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 know you've heard me you know often. It's a military term where you just do an about face and you turn from what you're doing, right? But really, what it's acknowledging is you're just wrong about everything in life, and you just come to agree what Jesus says. Like, I'm wrong. I can't I can't earn my righteousness, and we try. That's our default mode is to uh, is to try to earn our salvation. But okay, so. Repentance is is agreeing what God says about us and our need for Jesus, and agreeing that we should be holy. So I'm not saying that that we just sin and just go whatever, say la vie, you know. Um, uh, to err is human. No, okay, we change our mind about it. And go, that's wrong. And God help me to live a holy life. And because the Spirit lives in us, we can't continue in the sin. And that's what and that's what uh, John reminds us here. He says. Uh, he, he tells us we have confidence in prayer and, uh, and that we know that we have the request we ask of Him. Alright, if anyone sees a brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask God. He shall ask and God will give him life to those who commit sins that do not lead to death. Alright, so we learned uh, early on that in the first chapter that there's no one sinless, right? If you say you're sinless, you're, you, you make God a liar, right? So we know that, that everyone sins, right? But then he's telling us not to sin and that he who is born of God who does not continue in sin. So what he's saying is that we can't continue in that state of unrepentant sin. And, 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 and he says also in earlier that sin is lawlessness. So what he's talking about, there's two things. There's a Christian who still sins a little because of sin nature, and it troubles them, and they're bothered by it. But then there's those who sin, it doesn't trouble them. They think it maybe even it's good. They think like I'm supposed to live, right? They think like uh, don't deny yourself. It's you're not being true to yourself. They call it, you're repressing that your your nature, uh, your identity, right? No, no, that's wrong. Um, so John is showing that there's a difference when the Christian sins and when the unbeliever sins, and that's why he says. Um, there is sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that, right? Um, you, you know, uh, I'm sure you've heard the phrase "the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit," the unpardonable sin. There's always people talking about what that is. Is it like murder or you know adultery or you know? And simply what it is. It's denying what the Spirit testifies about Jesus. That He is the Son of God. That He came to redeem God's people. That He is the only way to heaven. That's the blasphemy of the Spirit. That's the sin that he's talking about that leads them. It's the only sin that can't be forgiven because it's too late. And so what he's saying is those who believe in Jesus, they're not going to do that. They can't. Because the Spirit of God is in them. So take, take heart. And be encouraged that that Jesus is faithful. He's gonna carry us all the way home. We don't have to fear. That's why he says, verse 18. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. But he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one who did does not touch him. All right? So he he says that everyone who's been born of God, believers does not keep on sinning. But he who was born of God protects him. That was That's Jesus. Jesus protects us. And the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true, in His Son Jesus Christ. He is the true God And eternal life. There's only one mediator between God and man, and that's the man Christ Jesus. Jesus is the only one who can save, and He saves us completely. We we really do have nothing to fear, right? And too often we're just weak and afraid, and that's okay, right? But the Word of God reminds us, reminds us that we that we have nothing to fear because we have the true God. And Jesus is the one who has eternal life. And we are His. He is in us. And then he ends with these these words. Little children, keep yourself from idols. Which actually seems like a complete non secular. Because he doesn't talk about the, the whole way throughout the book but it it actually makes perfect sense because any other Jesus is an idol any other thing that gets between us and Jesus is an idol and idols can be good things but just have uh, we've misused them for the wrong purpose God gives us things to bless us good gifts but they can turn into idols many times and so he reminds us don't turn from the true God and that true God is Jesus. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your word that is true. Thank you for your spirit that directs us in truth. Thank you, Jesus, that you came not by the water only, but water and the blood, and that you are a complete Savior. Hallelujah. Bless us now, we pray. Bless your people for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.